Expounded Universe, Season 19, Episode 7, The Adventures of Buffy in Wonderlando. The book, Star Wars The Lando Calrissian Adventures, The Mind Harp of Sheru, The Tale of the Curse of the Haunted Mummy's Ghost. With your host, Jeff and John, let's go! Hello and welcome to Expounded Universe. I'm your illustrious host, Jeff, joined as always by my shabby child lad of the streets and ward, John. Hey, what, Governor? <laughs> I heard I was getting scraps for doing this. Ah, that's correct. Yes, you are welcome to help yourself to the contents of my least fresh garbage. All right, <laughs> it's time for our fresh pickings. <laughs> I ate a duck last fortnight. <laughs> You're welcome to crack the bones. Mmm, marrow. That's me favorite. <laughs> so, uh, so this is this expanded universe. This is indeed. And uh, on this show, we read old Star Wars novels and we talk about them at great and terrible length. <laughs> the great and terrible length <laughs> and breadth of Star Wars. The perilous journeys we shall walk to bring you the farthest flung stories. <laughs> and when there is only one set of tracks on the Star War, that was... was when we carried you. <laughs> There's still two sets of tracks, though, of course, because we were both carrying you. It wasn't like, or unless John was carrying me and I was carrying you. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that the mechanics well, of the, that? Well, the tracks are from a Jeep. Oh, <laughs> oh, just one set of Jeep tracks. Yeah. So when there was one set of tracks, that was when we were giving you a lift in our sweet Jeep. Yeah. We were like, yo, get aboard. Beep, beep. It's totally fucking cherry, yo. <laughs> I'm uh I'm gonna have this Wrangler get up in there. You know mm. what I'm saying? This bitch got overhead and underhead cams. <laughs> this this bitch got middle cams. <laughs> All cams. It's got head cams. <laughs> Our new engine, 100% camshafts. <laughs> uh So how you doing? God bless. Uh I'm doing all right. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm uh I'm doing okay. We had, uh, Sage did not want to do anything at all today. Aww. So I had a hard time getting the motivation to drag her out of the house. It's hot, too. So yeah. I, was like, I was like, I'll take you to a pool. No. I'll take you to the splash pad. No. <laughs> I'll uh, take him to the bridge. <laughs> the only thing she wanted me to do today, or wanted to do at all, was watch Lego Star Wars, the most recent one. Huh. She just kept asking. I haven't played that game in months, and she just kept being like, I want Lego Star Wars. That's a fun game I love. Ah! <laughs> and I turned it on. I was like, all right, fine. I guess I never did collect all the fucking bleebles and chips or whatever you can get in this game, because it's just a fucking collect-a-thon. Oh, yeah. Collect-a-thon. And so I was, like, hanging around in Oto Gunga, like, running around, getting all the very... And she's like, what the... F- what, where, where, what is this? Who, who, what is, who is that? And I'm like, so those are Gungans. Is that one a boy or a girl? It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And then she got bored and fell asleep. And then I could play a better game. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with the most recent Lego Star Wars. It's it's a glorious collect-a-thon. It has a billion things from Star Wars in it. But you get bored about halfway through. Yeah. You can collect 1,200 little glowing blue bricks. I got to 605, and I was like, no, I'm good. I got everything I wanted. See, that's the... (sighs) I will never be that into those types of games. Mm. I mean, 
There, there are a couple games that I just don't care about. Open world, mm-hmm. the the whole open world sandbox thing, fucking could not care less. And collectathons, and collectathons, and the two of them tend to meet pretty exactly. dramatically. Yeah. Normally, you're like, oh, well, here's a giant world you can run around in, and also there's 57 feathers to find, and you're like. I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> Even like Skyrim hits certain people in a way where they're like, I got to get every one of these dumb map icons. I can't stop until I've found every bandit cave. Oh, yeah. Even though they're all the fucking same. Whereas I'm like, ah, oh, Skyrim, I'll play this for five, ten minutes and then go, this blows ass, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> they're all the, the, usually the correct way to play Skyrim is to be like, play it for five to ten minutes and be like, this blows ass. Let's, ro- let's load 17 gigs of porn mods. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put too many mods and crash the game immediately. All right, now everyone's an actual famous porn celebrity, and also we're recreating Mario levels? Okay, this is fine. All right. <laughs> I can deal with this. So so anyway, yeah, it, it was. I, I just bought it because I thought it was cute and fun, and I thought Sage would like it. I was right. But even she gets bored of it at this point when there's no story left, and I'm just running around the galaxy being like... Well, I did want to unlock the black version of the T-70X wing, so I have to go to Maz Kanata's castle and kill six bog wings. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Speaking of going to Maz Kanata's castle and killing six bog wings, Star Wars! (laughs) A Star War happened. When last we left our hero, Lando Calrissian, uh, he had survived being left... For dead, uh, Mm -hmm. tied to a fucking life crystal tree, Yep, and had met back up with Vuffy Raw, who we found out has little micro-machines, and also... He's fractally a droid. There's more little tiny Vuffy Raws all the way down. Yeah, he's Vuffy Raws all the way down, and uh, they got together, met back up with Mm Moe's. Who was totally chill and was just like, all right, you caught me. You're probably going to want to kill me, right? Whatever. I guess it's time for a murder. And we understood. We finally got our answer to the big question of why uh, he kept trying to steal shit and kill Lando and so on, which is literally just that he's like lazy and irritated that after thousands of years it happened on his watch. Oh, yeah. He's just like, God damn it. My whole job was just to memorize songs, sing songs, teach someone songs die and now i've got to actually do shit i don't want to what if i do it wrong what if the actual thing the emissary the key bearer is supposed to do is terrible i don't want to be a pr- i don't want to be party to that i'd yeah. rather just die quietly into gudalusat yeah like all people who live in interesting times it sucks to be alive right now <laughs> so, so when lando gets back he's like yeah you know no hard feelings i guess i fucking got to do the thing so you know takes the key they dig up where the keyhole is which is about like a couple meters below where mm-hmm. they currently were they also dug up some <laughs> dinosaur bones uh and yeah put the key in and Vuffy and moe's disappeared and uh we were left with uh lando calrissian all alone sitting here staring at a pyramid and that is where we will pick up Yes, as he casts about desperately, wondering where his droid and uh, Moe's went. Where, 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 his Moe's. <laughs> where, where has my Moe's gone? Uh, and, you know, at this point, he's like, all right, well, this is fucked up. Now, so he gets mad. He stands there for a long time trying to figure out where everyone is. But nothing appears to have changed to his worldview in the slightest. And here's the thing. This is going to be a, tr- a tricky set of chapters to describe because they split up and describe each one of the three characters. And we kind of jump back and forth between their sort of storylines. So it might be easier, rather than remembering where all the breaks are, to just kind of say what happened to everybody. Oh, yeah. So with 
Lando, he is standing outside and he is just like, God damn it. What the fuck? I put a key in here and then these two disappeared. He gets angry enough to be like, I'm going to punch this pyramid. Now, normally the pyramids that they have gone to that look like, you know, old IMAX, just yeah, weird candy colored plastic edifices, the size of, Scott, of, of a whole cities. Now, normally when you would hit it, it would just sort of absorb whatever you were doing. It just sort of felt like, you know, punching a solid nothing, but you could like hit it and it wouldn't be like punching bricks. You wouldn't hurt. Yeah, you wouldn't hurt yourself. It absorbs all of the kinetic energy you put into it so quickly that your hand just kind of stops. And yeah, like, you just kind of go thunk. Yeah. It, 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 everything about these fucking things is weird and off-putting. They also, they're also mostly frictionless, so when you punch them, your hand just sort of slides away at the same time that you also notice you didn't get hurt. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm going to take out my frustration on this side of a pyramid, knowing full well that it won't hurt and it won't do anything. But then his hand goes through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. Well, fuck me in the ass then. <laughs> So I like this just because what we're seeing here is very much like Lando and the methods of rationality for like a whole chapter because he doesn't just go, oh, neat, I can go into the pyramid. Instead, he's like, I don't trust this. Oh, so yeah. One hand. This is like when a D&D player encounters what they think is an illusory wall and the DM tells them they're not allowed to roll a save against it. They're like, well, fuck you then. We're never going to get into this fucking building. All right. I stick my hand in there. I take it out again. Anything different? No. I stick my hand in there. I snap my fingers. Can I hear it? No. Okay, I stick both hands in there. Can my hands feel each other? Yes. I'll clap them. Can I hear it? No. Yeah. It is just a Lando being like, all right, time to do weird, fun experiments with the walkthrough wall here. Yeah. So instead of just being like, oh, I guess that's where everyone went. They went inside. I guess I will join them. He's just like, and one hand, other hand, both hands, no hands. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot out. It gets to the point where he gets a handful of sand and sticks that in there and then transfers it to the other hand and pulls that hand back out to verify that the sand is still sand. Yeah, so he's like, oh, it's not that I put my hands in there and then the hands that I feel touching are my hands. Maybe they're different hands. <laughs> like the I'm going to go a- in with sand and put sand from one hand to the other hand and bring that out to know that nothing is changing. And I'm like, dude, just, just fucking go in there. Makes me disappointed to, con- to consider that that had been the case and that Mose was in there and every time he stuck his hand in, Mose would like touch that hand and be like, oh, okay, okay, I'm going to simulate his hand. There we yeah, go. Got we it. Go. Okay. <laughs> no, it's time to high five him like I was him. One of my hands feels old and wrinkly and white. I assume. One of my hands feels white. <laughs> Lando can tell. He does. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of that. And this this whole section is just going to be, I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud, Alice in Wonderland pastiche for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we get everyone on their own little individual adventures before yes. they come back. And so Lando's individual adventure is him just... <laughs> Trying to make sure this won't murder him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have harped on this uh, since we started in on this, that this is basically someone in a D&D campaign that doesn't want to go on the adventure and the DM <laughs> keeps making them. Yeah. And this is this really is just like, all right, you put the key in and now the, the door, you can walk through it. And they're like, 
I don't trust you. And they just sit there. And you're like, please, I rolled this a, is not a trap. You can just go in. Nah. I rolled a disbelief. Okay, you know what? I'm using my regular DM voice right now and not like my narration voice. It's safe. I would like to play the adventure. You can go in. It's fun. Nah, you put the key you. in, you can go in. He's like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what you would say if there was a trap. That's what a lying narrator would say. Please, please, I just want to play the game. Let's pick this up again next week. Okay, I'm going to throw dust at the wall. I'm honestly amazed he never did. When he picked up sand, I was like, oh, he's going to throw sand through the wall and, and realize that, like... See if it's just him. Or if the pyramid itself has gone fully, like, you can... you can, uh, It's gone fully uh, illusory. You can stick your hand, anything in there. You can stick whatever in there. No, li- <laughs> no limits. <laughs> uh, but no kissing on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you want to cram a bunch of old CD jewel cases in there? Be my guest. I can take it. Uh, but so, yeah, yeah. He eventually goes in. Um, and he notices once he's inside, he is, he attributes it to the light blue color of the wall that he just passed through uh, and the red of the sand to note that it's kind of purplish looking outside. But then he also assumes that uh, the wall must have a curvy, uh, a curving lens effect to it because everything outside looks tiny. Yeah. And he's like... Also, this pyramid looks smaller than when you were outside. He's like, I assume there's some sort of, like, refractory lens magnification thing going on inside of here. Yeah. So that when I'm looking through stuff, like, the pyramid itself doesn't look as big, but everything outside looks kind of small. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, the pyramid should be kilometers high. Oh, like yeah. Just, just miles up from where he is. Uh but when he walks in, he's like, oh, that ceiling, it's not like I could jump to it or anything. It's like being in a big airplane hangar, but it should be like being in a hollowed out state. Yeah, I should just not be able to even tell what the fuck is going on. He's like, oh, I can kind of see where that points. Yeah. Like, so. I can see the end of that. So something weird's going on, and he he runs through a list of potential options, like perhaps he's inside a smaller pyramid that is inside the larger pyramid, or that the... Well, le- yeah, because he's like, oh, there could be like you know, slanted pieces of mm-hmm. lens that are magnifying up. So Yeah, so so any of these things could be happening that could be making it look like he's, uh, like the outside world looks small. But once he's in, he notices he can't just go back out. Like once he's all the way in, he's all the way in. Oh, he's all the way in. Mm-hmm. No limits. And and <laughs> and then he sets to wandering. And at this point, we can probably just jump, this is a good point to jump to the next person, because eventually they'll all meet up. Yeah. So we got Moe's. And what's going on with Moe's? Why, Moe's is uh, in the dark. He's in the dark, sitting by himself, and it's like most of his higher brain functions just turned on. Well, yeah. His first thing is, he's like, oh, he's in here because he was leaning against the pyramid Mm -hmm. when Lando put the key in. So instead of having the choice like Lando did of like, oh, I'm just going to walk through this, he just fell in. (laughs) So when we meet Moe's, he is on his ass on the ground, Mm -hmm. and... His loincloth has flipped in such a way that it has gone underneath him. Yes. And he is like, holy shit. My <laughs> entire life, I have had a loincloth that just sort of dangles on either end. Yeah. And we do not bother to tuck up. We have had a draft. We have had drafty balls mm-hmm. my entire existence. Yeah, he's lived every day of his life with either chili or swamp balls. And he is like, we have never, as a people, thought... Maybe let's tuck this cloth up and over to cover that area. And he is just now like, holy shit, I can, I can cover my taint. Oh, my 
fucking god. So he's having this minor epiphany that he, I guess it's major for him, that he doesn't have to leave his, his grundle swinging in the breeze for, for his entire life, just for the, uh, just for the vast majority of it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, uh, he, he starts being like, wait a minute, I can think of lots of things. Something's different. Now, one thing he never notices or even seems to care about is that he is in absolute pitch darkness. Well, I mean, when you go into the pyramid, you're like, oh, it could just be that, you know, on the inside, it's completely opaque. Nothing gets through in, in terms mm-hmm. of the light. So I, I was not like, oh, that's weird. I was like, oh, yeah, no, he's in a fucking pyramid and it's dark. I get it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but there's not much to him. We get two little visits with him. We've already told you one. In the other one, he, he further goes into loincloth-based technological discoveries as he removes his entire loincloth because he wants to mess with it and realizes that he can make Mobius strips out of it. And he's like, wait a minute. If I put a half twist in this, it creates an item that only has one side and one, an- uh, one, uh, one plane. That's weird. That shouldn't be possible. And yet I have created it immediately. I'm noticing a lot of things now. I've... I've just discovered math of some kind. Mm-hmm. Weird math. So, and at this point, we get a further detail that he's like, also, I'm starting to notice that, yes, I have not seen anything since I got in here. I wonder what's happening specifically. But he's he's also getting a little more detail from like, oh, I can like feel the grain mm-hmm. on my loincloth when I'm playing with it. Like, he is he's daredeviling. He's daredeviling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's going through the daredevil process where, you know, spoiler alert, uh, his eyes are broken now. Uh, he thinks it's just a payment he made, and it, we'll, we'll get that discussion when everyone gets meet, meets up. But yeah, his eyes are broken, and it seems like it was a trade. He traded his eyes for uh, his brain not being fucked he up anymore. He traded his eyes for a bag of magic beans. Mm-hmm. And then he ate those beans, and his brain got all big. <laughs> and he was the first Kalumi, and that's the storyline of how they came into the Star Wars. <laughs> but no, he's, he's just like, whoa, holy shit, I'm not dumb. Yeah. I've always been dumb. And he's like, I'm now smart enough to realize I used to be dumb. And that is one of the worst things in here for me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, really? Because you fucking memorized like 27,000 songs, he a said. A bajillion yeah. hours of songs mm-hmm. and memorized them in such a way that you're like, oh, I can chart stars and do all sorts of nonsense and find where things are and know any sort of weird requirements for this journey. Yeah, that said, everything he knew up to this point, he knew because of some song he had memorized a long time ago. Yes. Um, but we, we, I mean, this is a 1983 book. There's some 1983 sensibilities that are going to come into play yeah. over this set of chapters. We get the R word in here. And he's, he self-describes. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So so I think. What but he's, I think what he's doing really is. I now have the capability of free thinking. Whereas before yeah. it was like, it's not that he was stupid in that he couldn't retain information or anything like that. It was just like, oh, I just know what I have wrote been told. And yeah. now he is like, oh, I'm making discoveries for myself. Yeah. Like, I think his, it would make sense if you were to write this in a more modern context and not an 80s one. You'd be like, yeah, this cured whatever it was that made him hyper focus on those songs. So he was able to memorize 30,000 of them, but not do any other kind of higher brain rational thinking. Uh. And then he gets fixed and he's like, wow, I, I know a fuckload of songs, but now I know I, have, I, could, I could buy shoes if I want. Yeah. I don't so. have to live this way. I can think for myself now. Yeah. So that's what he's up to. And we will eventually connect back with him. But meanwhile, in probably the most boring of the three storylines, mm-hmm. huh? Vuffy Raw. Vuffy Raw is in a 
fucked up situation because mm-hmm. when he is in there, he's like, all right, I am in a ridiculously huge pyramid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my own sensors that can sort of go out and like go, all right, what kind of place am I in? What's this chamber's diameter and whatnot? But the other big thing for him is he's like, I have an internal chronometer. Yes. And I have been waiting in here by myself for like 20 hours right now. Yes. So uh, he he's in a massively huge pyramid, but he's also just walking through a series of hallways. So each room he's going through is like either blue or red. And his whole section is him being like, I walked through six blue hallways and then was able to make a left turn. That took me to a large red room, rectilinear, which contained a single clear, uh, uh, like, what was there was a cylinder, cylinder yeah, because it was, he thinks of it as a storage tank when he's first going through. He's like, all right, I can go through rooms and there's a pattern to it where it's like, oh, I can go along the walls mm-hmm. and then eventually one of them will be permeable that I can go through in a direction, Yeah, but they they follow a pattern where it's like, all right, I'm going to take three rights. Two lefts. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. It's one right for every six lefts for like a for hours and hours of this, uh, and eventually he. It's all the same. It's just six rectangular hallways that are blue. A right turn. A couple of rooms with tanks in them. Sometimes a big room with no tank in it. A left turn. Then six more right turns. It's just that kind of thing for forever. And he does this for like 23 or 24 hours of his own time and gets really philosophical while he's doing it. I, who wouldn't? It's boring in there. Oh, yeah. He's been wandering around by himself now for what, you know, to him seems like a couple of days. Yes. And he's just like, God damn, I am bored mm-hmm. and lonely. And it's rare for him to get bored. He He's, he's actually ruminating on this. He's like... One of the things about being the way I am, which is that I was built for purpose, even even though I don't necessarily know what my purpose is, I was purpose built for something. And that leads you, one of the things I've learned from spending so much time around sentience is they all want stuff. They all want to get stuff and know stuff and learn how to do stuff. And I've never wanted any of that. I'm always just fully content because I was built to the exact specifications I was told I needed to be at. Yeah, he also has a thing where he's like, you know... Unlike, say, humans or other sapiens, going around this, I making can speak the, with an English accent, <laughs> well, going around and doing this and finding the patterns and everything. At one point, he gets to a point where he's like, oh, wait a minute. I've been doing this for like days and the pattern just changed. Yeah, he hits a room where there's no impermeable wall. And he's like, huh, if I was a like person, I would be so excited and be like, oh, neat. <laughs> uh, but I'm me. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, except his fuck comes out as his, the only curse word in his language, which is just glitch. <laughs> glitch! Glitch! <laughs> and he says, and meant it, according to the book, which I thought was cute. It's kind of a fun thing to come up with for a, a curse word. Yeah. Um, so he's just doing this for forever, for hours and hours. We know that neither of the other two have spent an incalculable amount of time. Oh, yeah. Like, at this point, you know, the, the, the time we've spent with Moe's, he was like, oh, you know, I'm just sort of rapidly coming to realize thought for myself mm-hmm. and you know maybe like an hour yeah uh, and for lando he just spent very little time being like all right i'll fuck around with this wall for a bit yeah and then walk in here and look around yeah so at this point had you already guessed what was going on i'm no, just curious i, I had, had not i had now granted i know i have another advantage here's the thing 
Yeah. I thought we were dealing with all three of them were in their own pyramid. Oh, interesting. Okay. So the it was like, oh, they were on or something. Yeah. Lando's in his own pyramid. So is Moe's. So is Buffy. That's why they're all very different. Mm hmm. Yeah. I had already guessed what was happening from the moment that we had uh, uh, Buffy complaining about being lost for hours and hours. I was like, oh, he's tiny and his time scale's different. Especially because he can't see the uh, the entire like he can't see all the way to the ceiling, even though he knows how far away it should be. Yeah. Um, and then when Lando was like, "I'm looking outside, and everything outside seems small," I assume it's because these walls have curvature. And I was like, "They don't. You're just big. <laughs> you, you got the you drank the big juice, and and Buffy ate the tiny cake. Mmm, <laughs> tiny cake." <laughs> and then meanwhile, I guess Moe's went on some infinite or like uh, event horizon shit. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, at this point, they all kind of bumble into each other, sort of. Well, yeah, because first, uh, Lando's just like, God damn it, what the fuck is going on? And then behind him, he hears Moe's be like, yo, what up, my my dude? <laughs> I'm no longer going to do the vows because I'm smart enough not to now. Yeah, I don't have to talk like an old like an old weirdo from a, from a backwards planet. I don't even want to say what he, what he says. He's like, hey, because uh, what happens, he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And Lando whirls around and looks at him and... You know, Moses fucked up. Moses, he doesn't even see him at first because Moses facing away from him. Crouched, naked. Naked. Crouched on the ground. And, staring at his own loincloth that he has turned into a Mobius strip. Yes, which is just lying on the ground. And was, what Mando uh, amazingly immediately picks up is a Mobius strip. Because eh. I'm picturing a, a, a tattered loincloth lying on the ground. Even if it was arranged in a Mobius strip, I'd still be like, yeah, that's just dirty clothes. Put that shit in the basket. <laughs> My dude, put that back on. I don't need your wither dick to yeah. be flapping in the breeze. <laughs> Making us all feel sad. <laughs> but instead, away, he's Bill just Withers like, dick. how come you have that? Instead, Moses is like, hey, man, how's it going, Lando? I uh, I just realized I'm smart now. And he's like, and, what? And Lando for a moment is like, well, at least someone can call me Lando. That's nice. This has been an ongoing problem for the past five days or so. So uh, he's like, oh, hey, Mose, um, what's going on? And Mose turns around. He's and like, you got any idea what's happening here? He's like, nope, not really. And Lando's like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> because Mose, his eyes are not are, are no longer eyes. They're just white, featureless nothings. I mean, they are ruined. They look yeah. like they have been destroyed because he's like, oh, you're I mean, the sockets and area around your eyes are healing, mm -hmm. but it straight up looks like someone tore shit out of his face. Someone took his eyes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he turns. So Lando's like, Jesus Christ, what happened to you? Well, what happened to your eyes? What's wrong with them? I think he says. And Moe's responds with, there's nothing wrong with my eyes. What's wrong with yours? Can't you see the darkness? And I was like, oh, man, don't don't get all event horizon, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. It's it's just a nice, creepy line. It's not a line that makes a lot of sense, given what's happening. I feel like Moe's, once he was smart, would also kind of, like, feel himself and be like, oh, my eyes are fucked up. No, nah, man, I'm, he's too busy too focusing busy on, like, oh, dude. <laughs> I'm inventing a whole origin story for myself and religion based on loincloths, Lando. I'll get to my eyes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, relax. It'll happen. I will explore my body in due time. Mm, once the first loincloth was was uh, arranged into a Mobius strip, it was then that the, sh the Toko walked to the earth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at that point, he's just like, oh, fuck my ass. This is crazy. And that's when we get... <laughs> Yeah, Lando. The meeting between Lando and Buffy, which is just weird. So Lando is a little tiny bit dispirited by how creepy and smart Moe's is now. He's just like, I don't know how to 
process what's happening. <laughs> I don't even, even. I don't know how to deal with the suddenly smart, naked, I ripped out gentleman in front of me. Yeah. Now Mose is very, very philosophical about the whole thing because he's like, "What the hell happened to you?" And Mose is like, "Oh, I made a bargain, Captain Lando. I believe that." I have traded my eyes for my brain. Yeah, I, I feel like anyone would make that trade. And Lando's like, I wouldn't. Jesus. You know how much it would suck to lose your eyes? That looks like it's painful. I like seeing. You know how bad Sabak is for blind guys? You can't tell when your cards change. <laughs> you just got to fucking guess. <laughs> they don't make Braille ones. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they should really, if you, as long as I you, mean, have, it's easy peasy. Yeah, if you had the screen inset a little, like a, like a couple millimeters, then you could have it automatically grow the braille markings. Exactly. Come on guys, let's get together. And uh, Star Wars, I'm, I'm calling you out. I need braille ready Sabacc. Hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the local equivalent of Orabesh braille is. Uh, it's probably just braille. Braillebesh. Yeah, Braillebesh, exactly. Which by the way, check out our bonus content this week. <laughs> Neither of us will do Braillebesh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's just like, I think I made a deal, uh, I, in, involuntarily made a deal with the pyramid. It took my eyes and it gave me back my brain. And I think it's a good deal. And Lando's like, it is not. You look fucked up. <laughs> you, that looks like it sucked a lot. Yeah. And Moses like, but dude, I used to be an ignorant arsler, uh, who was just a weird, savage man who was dicking around on a planet he hated, not knowing what was going on. I, I didn't have enough mind to know that I hated it. Mm-hmm. And now... I do, and I can do better. So, you know, also, uh, he's already daredeviling really hard, so he's, like, starting to call out things that are different about Lando. He's like, I can see your shirt pretty fine. I can tell you don't have the buttoned up all the way. Yeah. Yeah, so so he's doing that. Also, but, there's something scrabbling over there in the corner. Yeah, well, Lando, getting creeped out by all this, decides to go pick in the dirt in the corner of the pyramid. Yeah. And as he does so, a nearly microscopic Vuffy Raw comes zipping around across the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still not sure who's big and who's little. Now, he puts a thumb down, and Vuffy's like, oh, sweet, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on Lando's thumb, mm -hmm. and for Vuffy, in his, uh, like, time area, he's like, oh, thank god, alright, he's holding it still, he's making sure I can climb aboard, we're gonna do this very simply and easily so that nothing happens. Yeah, because he's worried that his little hand, his little uh, pseudopods at yeah, that scale, things. at that scale, his little tentacle pinchers would be basically needles. So yeah. he's like, oh, I'm definitely gonna fall right into this guy's flesh, and it's gonna hurt him, and then he'll recoil and fling me into space. Yeah, so he's like, all right, I gotta do this real slow and gentle to mm -hmm. make sure that I'm not, like, stabbing into him. And he's really, really impressed by how still Lando can hold his hands, which... Is a great feint, I gotta say, given that Lando's whole deal is that he's like an ultimate card shark and expert gambler and, and slay-to-hand guy. Yeah. So the fact that he can hold his hands turbo still is like, you know, it makes, you, you, you hear it first, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Of course he could. He's cool as a cucumber and he's a master card player. But no, that's not what's happening. It's that, you know, Vuffy is moving at like a hundred times speed. Mm -hmm. He specifically is going 60 times faster than Lando right now. Um, we know this because he, we, we have a bunch of stuff about what happens when Lando tries to talk to him. Yeah. So, you know, when Lando attempts to talk to Vuffy Raw, it takes like a full ass minute for him to just be like, hey, Vuffy. Yeah. He just says Vuffy Raw and it comes out as like, <laughs> I mean, we could just use a Paul stretch filter on the, uh, on a regular saying of Vuffy Raw, I guess. But that would end up sounding like some atmospheric music. Yeah. Uh, so Vuffy Raw kind of figures it out because even though it sounds like Eufy, 
He's like, I think he just said my name. And he's like, all right, well, gonna... let's take the sound clip of that. I'll record it, yeah. And then play it at hyper speed. And he's like, oh, no, if you speed this up, then it sounds like my name. Oh, okay. Because he tries to communicate with him, and it basically just comes out as a beep. Because yes. everything he says is coming out so fast. So he's like, all right, I will now make my internal vocals slow down mm -hmm. so that when I talk to him, I'm just sending out minutes and minutes worth of this stretched out sound wave that to him just sounds like someone talking. Yeah, like if I had to pick a favorite thing about this book so far, it's that Lando is just sort of... It, it, we've already mentioned how he just doesn't want to be here and be on this adventure at all. But also, even as he's going through and whining about how he doesn't want to be here, he has these two people with him who are suffering ridiculous untold calamities. <laughs> and he never seems to he's just blithely going about his business. Well, Buffy's like, fuck, OK, I got to slow my speech down. And every time he talks, it's going to be a torturous long time. And every time I talk, it's like I'm reciting the rhyme of the ancient mariner in tiny beeps. Yeah, he's just like, this is terrible because. Every time he wants to decide on something, he's like, hey, should we go right or left? The amount of time it takes for him to say, hey, should we go right or left? He's like, oh, my God, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The other thing that will happen here is it, Lando will early on pick up that like, oh, he's time dilated. He's talking super fast by comparison to me. Or I guess he's time crunched or I'm time dilated. Um, so I should probably use small words when I'm talking to Vuffy. This will last about three sentences of an exchange before he's like, well there, Vuffy, old tin can, my friend. I pontificate that we should be begin our journey anew. What say you, you rattletrap contraption? <laughs> You're like, fucking stick with it, Lando. God damn it, Lando. You had it for like a hot second. You were like... Oh, I get it. This must be torturous for him. Yeah. Because every time I speak, it takes like a full ass minute for him to hear one word. <laughs> so I'll just be like, left. Mm. And then he can send back yes or no. And it'll be like, great. We can do this easy. Yeah. And he gets it in his head. He's all set up. And then he's like, you know, I bet Buffy Raw would love to hear my Lost in Smith, Space Dr. Smith impression. Huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, he, you mellifluent hunk of tin. It's amazing how very quickly he's just like, Huh, looks like this goes down. I wonder if we should head down on here, or if you're like, stop, just stop. <laughs> but it's a minor inconvenience for me to not be as Brobdignagian as I prefer my old companion. <laughs> <laughs> but they find a little tunnel heading down mm -hmm. in a moving sidewalk. <laughs> yes, it just starts moving, and Lando's like, oh, move without walking. Oh, uh, you, oh, uh, you see oh, fucking the shit oh, from me we put oh, the key I get, in. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I'll, you see without seeing? Oh, that's you. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was just a reference to the one hand in my pocket, Alanis Morissette song. But no, here we are, inside without without entering, and moving without walking, and asleep but not overtired. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, they, they, uh, all decide to just kind of go onto this moving walkway. Cause what the fuck else are they going to do? Exactly. And, uh, Buffy chirps up cause he, now Lando is wearing him as an earring. Yes. Which I thought was a, a clever touch. Yeah. Buffy's like, all right, where the fuck do you want me? And he's like, well, you weigh nothing. Yeah. And, uh, I've always wanted an earring. So why don't you hang out there? And then you don't have to try and be as loud mm -hmm. in order to communicate. Cause you'll be next to my ear anyway. Yes. And so basically, cause at the moment he's about three millimeters across from Lando's perspective, which makes him roughly a very tiny stud, uh, for, for being an earring. Oh, he's a very tiny mm -hmm. stud. Mm -hmm. He's, he's our short king. 
<laughs> we stand. <laughs> so yeah, he uh he he connects himself to Lando's ear and they they set off down the path. Now, uh Vuffy Ra is obviously because he's just completely full of internal chronometers and radar and all kinds of sensory ar- arrangements and so on. Uh, announces for everyone's benefit, like, hey, this is a sloping passageway. And again, because this is just a D&D game, he's just become the dwarf of the group. Yeah, he's just like, oh, hey, did you guys know we're very slightly going towards the, you know, center of the planet? I detect shifting stonework. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, but Lando's like, uh, okay, how much shifting? And he's like, we'll, we'll proceed downwards approximately... Uh, one kilometer for every 20 kilometers we go this direction. And Lando's like, whose kilometers? Yours or mine? You're the size of a flea. Yeah. (laughs) I I do appreciate them. And he's like, ah, it is a gradient of whatever. And he's like, all right, I need you to just tell me in my measurements, Mm -hmm. what is the, how, how far down are we going? But again, that's just one another thing of, of Lando just blithely going through this journey. He doesn't want to go on and be like, hey, Buffy, can you make everything 10 times more complicated for yourself? Hey, uh, instead of just, you know, getting to say, hey, we're going slightly downwards, can you give me exact measurements that I don't actually give a shit about, Mm -hmm. but I need you to do the calculations of from your size to my size and then figure out what that distance is comparative to my distance and then give it to me in that distance. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Also, it just took, like... An hour of your time for me to say that yeah, to you. Yeah, because he wouldn't have said it like that. He would have filled it with all kind of old-timey aphorisms and junk. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also I appreciate when, uh, in this thing, every time Lando, like, stops talking, immediately Buffy Rod just completely answers everything because yes. he's like, dude... <laughs> <laughs> this takes you forever, and the second you stop talking, I will immediately answer everything. Yeah, it'll feel like it, I answer literally the while air is still coming out of your mouth, but it's because that takes several minutes for me, and I've already calculated the response, and I see no reason to sit there to simulate appropriate conversational pauses. Yeah. <laughs> what it does mean, though, is he's basically just uh, making it so Moe's doesn't really have much say in things, because yeah. it's basically just... Uh, like Lando will say a bunch of shit for too long and then immediately get a response from Buffy. But honestly, Mose doesn't seem to give a shit. He's like, man, I am just living in a brand new world. Yeah. He's kind of just standing behind them. You, I want to say he's enjoying the view because they're, they're passing, they're riding a, like a transparent escalator that runs them down through the very earth, but he's recently blinded. So he, that's not what's happening, but he's just standing there just like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. He's just, yeah. you know, head pointed off, staring into the middle of distance, being like, I got thoughts now. I got thoughts and, and opinions. I just invented a loincloth based airplane. Oh, in a hotel. Would you guys like to move into my loincloth? Huh? I've got a loincloth-themed hotel for mm. Vegas. It's bigger on the inside. <laughs> uh. But uh, at this point, we, we run into a problem where I read too many chapters this week because I can't count Roman numerals. It's true. I actually can. I just wasn't paying attention. Uh, I, I missed a chapter break. So I don't know. It, it, we're hitting the the era where I might have read too far. So I would so don't if, worry. I would don't like you? For, I was gonna say I would like for you to take the lead at this time. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So they go down, down in an earlier round, and sugar they're going down swinging. Uh, okay, yeah, that's what you get for giving me the reins. <laughs> <laughs> How many more Fallout Boy references should I be expecting? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one or two. Okay. Uh. 
But yeah, they well, are. You know, because Buffy Raw is a little man. Ah, <laughs> uh, misheard Fallout Boy lyrics. And he's also evil. Also, <laughs> eat, eat your, your cat. cat. <laughs> so yeah, they are going sort of down into the belly of the planet. And at some point, Mose is like, hey, you know what's great? You don't need to be standing for this or doing anything. I'm just going to sit down. It's a fucking moving walkway. Yeah. And Lando's like, huh, nice. Good idea, my man. I am glad you are smart. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to sit. And Lando's like, but that's not. Pro- Hold on. Oh, wait a minute. This is just a fucking people mover. Yeah, this is great. Sure. Yeah. It's the uh, keeps the orange shit off my fingers moment with the Cheetos and Chopsticks comic where Lando goes, but the core. Wait a minute. <laughs> Smartest man ever invents sitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they just sit down and that's when Buffy Raw finally is like, oh, you know, we've started to slightly curve upward. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start noticing that what they have done is gone down deep enough mm-hmm. into the planet's layers to now they are starting to come back up. But the transparency on the side is they are going through basically the history of this planet. They're like, all right, Buffy Ross starts just tour guiding the evolution of this planet. He's like, all right, at this strata, you can see this is where single-celled organisms started to form. Yeah. I love that basically it turns out that the pyramid that they've managed to raid with the key for the mind harp is like the natural history museum of the Sheru. Yep. It's probably like a suggested donation box in the front and shit. They're just on a fucking people mover going through the, here is the evolution of our planet. This is an incredibly, uh, like, this is an interesting feat of engineering that kind of makes me suspect that they just cheated to make it work. Because, like, there's no place on Earth where you could just, like, dig a, 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 no matter what line you'd like, whatever vertical angle, you can't just dig down and be like, Okay, early humans, then we're at dinosaurs. See, there's a T-Rex. Okay, there's the synapsids, the neurapsids, the Ordovician period. Okay, now we're looking at the uh, the earliest sponges, the multicellulars, single cellulars. This is going to cost a couple billion years. And now we're in the Hadean Eon. What do you know? There's nowhere where it works like that. Geology isn't that, like, straightforward. But yeah, it, it doesn't these work guys. like, like it, Basically, this works like in a cartoon yeah. where the farther down <laughs> you go, you just see strips of dirt with things in them. Different fossils. Like, literally, it's, they're just going by that, like, uh, advance of ma- or progressive man image. Oh, yeah. But they're <laughs> starting at the very low end and going through the evolution. And, you know, eventually they're like, oh, and we got through, you know, evolving into the first, like, water animals. And then here's the first ones that went on to land. And then it continues that through the evolution of the Sheru themselves. Yeah, and there's a weird thing to it. There's a twist to the evolution of the Sheru. And it turns out that they, Buffy Raw, first of all, likes it. And also, there's a problem with Buffy Raw that we started to establish, which is that he's like, oh my gosh, look! And Lando's like, whoa, you're like ten times louder. Well, not yet. Oh, we haven't hit that yet? No. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, but, Please, allow me. But, no, I was going to say, Buffy does notice that they're starfish-shaped or- organisms. Oh yeah, he's excited about seeing a lot of stuff, and Lando's like, yeah, I bet you're only excited about seeing starfish things from ancient history because they look like you. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised Buffy Raw wasn't like, dude... You're about as descended from echinoderms as I am. Get off your high horse there, buddy. Both of us have pentagonal fr- uh, uh, structures. <laughs> I don't see you sprouting a second head. Uh, well. Uh, well, just get patient. Hold on. <laughs> now, at some point during this, Lando <laughs> just stops giving a fuck. Yeah. And is like, you know what? Nap time. Uh-huh. 
Well, it's a long fucking ride. The interesting thing about the Sheru seems to be that they kind of lived at whatever fucking time scale. Well, so. that, I mean, the thing is, this people mover isn't like, oh, this is made to be a ride where it's like, we're going to spend like 10 seconds per like era that we are going through. Mm-hmm. It is taking a long goddamn time. Like it has been like six hours and they've barely managed to get up to like fish. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? I'm out. Wake me up when they invent rocketry. <laughs> but he, while he is sleeping, he basically just has a fever dream that is the continued evolution mm-hmm. of the Sheru. So it's just like they just reach into his brain and give him the info anyway. They're like, like no, nope. you, you're taking the guided tour. <laughs> no, you are not allowed to not look at our cool <laughs> thing that we made. We paid Sigourney Weaver money for this narration, <laughs> and you're going to fucking hear it. Welcome to the oceans. <laughs> Ooh, is that Sigourney Weaver? Ooh. Ooh they spared no expense. <laughs> I can't wait to try the Chilean sea bass. <laughs> so, yeah, they they are going through this moving walkway. He is asleep, but just having the dream of like, oh, eventually the Sheru basically had the same sort of human evolution of like, oh, we, you know, we had streets, we had normal buildings. We weren't like from the point where they were you know, very early in civilization. It's not like they started by building weird yeah. plastic pyramids. No, they had the same or they had the same origin as any other sentient species. They kind of evolved from the local equivalent of primates. They invented uh agriculture, warfare, copper, building streets, pretty much in the same order everyone else does. Yeah. And he's like, all right, and I you know, going through, watching them do like early rocketry and shit, seeing yeah. the kind of weird crap that we slammed into on our way in here but there there is still a twist and the twist is that uh as the the species of the shiru becomes more and more evolved and elaborate like as they rise up from from the ocean and become mammals and primates and eventually the shiru they become less and less visible they get blurrier Ugh. like literally the whole the species gets indistinct as they advance i mean the whole thing with them is there is a very clear turning point here yeah. where it's like, all right, we're doing evolution, evolution. And then there's the point where you're like, we have hit the, we got to the singularity. And he's like, oh, and now I can see where they don't bother with streets anymore. They don't do standard houses. Now we're starting to see the fucking pyramid things showing up. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, we can go to a planet and be like. This is a garden world now. Yes. Yeah, it's actually kind of easy. We can do whatever we want. And it, it turn, they basically, there's there's a view of, of uh, studying alien intelligence that there's like a series of escalatingly difficult steps you have to go through to become a cosmically aware civilization. Yeah. And the, the theory is generally that like you should be afraid if we ever find out there's a society that passed some of the steps that are ahead of us because they'll hit the point where they don't recognize us as intelligent anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, but these guys just breezed right past all of it, but not like they weren't special. They weren't, like, magically likely to become the most technologically advanced race in the galaxy that can do whatever they want. They were just humans, more or less. I mean, basically, it was just they had a whole solar system to fuck around in, and nobody dicked with them. Because so much in Star Wars is like, ah, there was a big empire, and they showed up and fucked over someone else, and then that empire got fucked over, and you're like, oh, okay, no one got to get to, like, the singularity, because every time they started getting close to being like, we've got science that's just magic Mm -hmm. some shit would happen to them Mm -hmm. whereas these guys were like no we just went out went to our entire solar system we're happy with that and just terraformed everything here and he's like and then there was a point where it took a hard turn where instead of all the planets being like cool paradise garden worlds 
Now they started turning into these weird Deserts. desert planets like we have outside. He's yeah. like, I don't know if it's because they wanted them that way or if they evolved to a point where they stopped giving a shit about the environment because it didn't matter. Yeah, because they were entirely p- contained within the pyramids. There was no reason to like, or the, the shapes, and there was no reason to go out. So maybe they let the, the ecosystem run wild. It, we don't know, especially because if the ecosystem run, ran wild, it wouldn't just be a freezing cold desert with life crystal trees and nothing else. It would be lush it'd be interesting stuff so it seems like they engineered it to be what it is for some reason i mean it could be that it's just a byproduct of we left and didn't stop our life orchards who we know drain the life from other things in order to make these crystals so Mm -hmm. it's like oh this would be a garden world if it weren't for all the fucking life trees that suck all the rest of the life out of this planet. Yeah, I, I still have my guess that that uh, what, what's happening here is that the life crystals are a byproduct of the process by which they ascended. Like, they, they did that on purpose. They sucked all the energy out of everything else so they could, like, ascend and leave or whatever. Or the life crystals, we don't... I mean, okay, I also kind of have a theory going on right now that the mind harp is sort of like a societal control device. Ah. Uh, so it could be like, oh, yeah. You, you, uh, you, we built this machine that can kind of hack society to just sort of act in harmony so that they all kind of do the same thing. I mean, the what we've gotten so far from the like ideas and the legends of it is it's supposed to call them back. Oh, yeah. And I assume it's, oh, if anyone gets technologically advanced and mind advanced enough that they could find the mind harp and use it, then it'd be like, oh. Finally, someone is smart enough to come join us because we got so ridiculously powerful, we fucked off. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, cool, someone to talk to. <laughs> I like the idea that they fucked off because they were like, everyone around here is too stupid. We're going to fuck off to somewhere else where presumably everyone will also be too stupid. Well, no, it'll be, we're going to hang out with ourselves, mm. but instead of being on, confined to a planet, yeah. we'll just be out in, you know, the dark of space doing whatever advanced societies like that do yeah but i mean ultimately this is kind of a neat sequence because we get to watch the evolution of the species the fact that they don't destroy themselves with with uh global warming or or nuclear bombs or whatever they kind of haltingly make it past those stages and move on to the next big thing yeah um and then at a certain point like john was saying we see that they we actually see in the uh display because it it switches over from archaeology to like well this is all in his dream yes but even in the display, it kind of switches from archaeology to paleontology, where, where it, it switches from fossil evidence to art, yeah. displaying what has happened to these people over the years. And eventually, he does wake up, does Lando, and he's mm-hmm. like, fuck, ow, my ear, though. Yeah, and then and then Buffy Raw's like, what, master? And very quickly, too, he's like, hey, what's up, master? What did you want to do? He's like, okay, slow it down, and also, ow, get off my ear. <laughs> yeah, because it turns out that in the in the time while uh, he's been riding and sleeping, uh, Buffy Raw has started to return to normal size, rel- or Lando shrinking, we don't know yet. Uh, they're they're appro- approaching each other's relative size, or I frame mean, of reference. Not, like, rapidly, because he's no. like, oh, ow, you hurt. You're roughly about twice as big as you were, yeah. but now you actually have weight to you. I can hold you in my palm rather than have you be an earring. Yeah, so we need to figure out how much bigger you are than me and readjust your sound profiles. And, uh, you know, and Vuffy immediately does, because he's like, oh, no, uh, right after talking to you and uh, you talking to me, I realized that the speed had changed, so I just immediately adjusted, because I'm awesome and you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, there's that, and then he's like, 
huh, weird, man, I had a fucked up dream. Hey, where's Moe's? And Buffy's like, the fuck is a Moe's? <laughs> he's like, you know, our Toka dude, Moe's, the guy who came in here with us. And he's like, master, I have no record of anyone named Moe's, period. And Ever. that's where we stop. That's the end. So, Moe's Mose has apparently ascended and managed to erase himself from Buffy's circuitry in doing so. Mm-hmm. Although this isn't the first time that the characters have become separated and weird shit has happened, so who knows? Yeah, but I mean, it is it is especially weird given that the chapter, like with the chronometer and all of his ability to do stuff, he's like, Buffy is, he's not like, oh, I forget stuff. Yeah. Like he is, he's just got sensors and things and, you know, he just records everything as it happens. And for him to be the one who's like, what the fuck is a Moe's? Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> It's kind of neat just because uh, Smith is very interested in examining the mental processes of a droid, like a purpose-built robot, and we get a lot more exploration here than we do in the regular Expanded Universe books. Normally in Expanded Universe stuff, it's just sort of goofy Oh, I'm a droid. Every droid is either a C-3PO or an R2-D2. (laughs) I don't care about anything else. Even the coolest droids are just evil C-3PO's. There's no difference, though, really. Hmm. Yeah, I do appreciate this book's willingness to be like, I'm going to explore some weird shit. Yeah, but also, this has very clearly been an Alice in Wonderland reference. Just a big one writ large. (laughs) Where the characters change size and have to explore what that means in relation to each other, and then they start shrinking or growing in relation to each other. It's a bunch of frame of reference shit. I I appreciate it. It's just very obvious. (laughs) I'm fine with it. <laughs> After we got the Chandler reference, I'm like, okay, this might just be all references. There also was somewhere in here, I forget where, there was yet another reference to just Earth stuff. I think it was in the uh, archaeology section where they were discussing, like, oh, there's a kinoderms forming now or something. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> no, it was like going through the evolution of this planet is literally just the evolution from Earth. We mm, don't care. Don't try and come up with a new one or anything. No, there's no weird species here. It's all just the same shit. <laughs> You've seen one Pacaya and Hallucinogenia next to each other. You've seen them all. Look, there's one point during this history where we get weird fucking shit and then everything's normal from then on. We call it the Triassic. <laughs> it's Earth's why not period. Well, tri- yeah, the, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go on. A, I'm not going to go off on a tear. We're, we're doing fine on episode time. We're doing but fine. I don't need to go off on it. After the Great Dying, which is the largest extinction in the history of the Earth. The Triassic was the immediate follow-up period where there was just like a huge amount of holes in the in the system that needed to be filled. And so nature just went nuts and filled it with weird shit. Oh, it's just nature throwing anything at the walls, see what sticks. You get these like lizards that can glide, but it's their back legs that they fo- they use to form the airfoil. <laughs> so they're like delta flying lizards. You get chameleon looking things called drapanosaurs. You get tanistrophius, which look which is half neck like by weight yeah and it, it works like a goose it stands by the edge of the shoreline and just makes like a big drinky bird and just dips its 10 foot long neck into the water to get fish just like blork and you're like that's fucking crazy but we don't have any of that shit now the triassic man look it up sometime everything in it is awesome <laughs> none of it is dinosaurs <laughs> everything's weird don't worry about it yeah <laughs> so so anyway uh Good times. We don't know what's going on. It continues to be mysterious. Yes, indeed. But I Who love knows? The, I love the through lines we're getting. I love the through line of Lando not wanting to do any of this, but also having the easiest time out of anybody. Yes, granted, he did just get tied to a tree and nearly die. But but still, every time he's just like, we're on the, the easy part of the adventure. Vuffy Raw, what if I made this hard for you? 
<laughs> no, man, I feel like everyone's basically had their own share of bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's he's gotten the crap kicked out of him at least a couple of times, tied to a life tree. Yeah, that's fair. He's gotten frostbite on his toesies. I do like the equal partnership dynamic we're starting to get between him and Buffy Raw. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a great thing going forward. You see that very rarely in these books. Even when a character, per- like professes that a droid is their best friend like dash rendar did with lebo you don't fucking see lebo ever do anything at all no and i will also say the one thing i super appreciate about this is that it is lando on this type of adventure Mm -hmm. because in any other star wars book this would be luke luke would be like ah i'm going to an ancient civilization and i reach out with the force and they give me a vision of their evolution and instead it's a lando and he's like this sucks. <laughs> Fuck this. I hate that I am here, I was, and I do not want to learn. That's amusing. I was going to take the opposite tack, that I like that this is a Lando story because he doesn't form a fucking business at any point. <laughs> He's never like, well, now that I'm in the pyramid, pyramid, I can mine the parts of it for money. I'll hire Ugnaughts. <laughs> no, I just appreciate that they gave Lando this adventure because... It's the kind of mystic adventure you'd see for a Force user normally, and the fact that it's a regular dude means he's got to deal with it without having to rely on the Force. There's another one of them out there. Well, I'll I'll, uh, bring it up for us sometime. It's from the Black Fleet Crisis, and in it, Lando gets sent to investigate, like, an archaeological find that's, like, this ghost spaceship that's flying through (laughs) through space that... Like, he finds it, the flying Dutchman well, of space. It's, it's, it's neat. It like appears and disappears all over the place, and no one figures out can figure out what it's doing. Everyone who tries to communicate with it fails, and he assembles a team to go investigate it. And that team is R two D two, C three PO, and Lobot. Ah! And that's that's all he gets. It, what a team! It's the best. It's a really fun story. Honestly, the rest of the Black Fleet Crisis sucks because the, the Yavithans are just proto Yuzhan Vong. They're all just like, we just, are the ultimate hunters and warriors. Yeah, just Yuzhan Vong beta. Yeah, they're just like, we crave blood and live within the blood and hate every other species. And every time you're reading, you're like, God, I, I can't wait till we get back to Lando exploring the empty spaceship with Lobot. Huh? I can't wait until we get back to Star Wars Event Horizon with mm-hmm. Lobot and Lando. And nothing scary happens. It's just an archaeological adventurino. Boo. Mm. No, it's great. It's good. I mean, how often do you get to read a fucking Lobot story? Never. Exactly. So, uh, so anywho, that's it for this week. But hey, why wouldn't you consider coming and joining us over at our Patreon? Seriously, why wouldn't you? Why Give me one good you? reason and I will fight it. <laughs> I will fight you. And your reasons. <laughs> if you go over to patreon.com slash system mastery mm. you will find all of our stuff it is where you can get a feed for all of our shows you can get all of our bonus content at various levels of pledges you can get at the two dollar you unlock the stuff for this our expanded expounded universe uh-huh, where we go to wikipedia and find fun stories to tell each other and you yeah you can uh if you're on that, you've got the $1 already, which is all of our System Mastery bonus content where Good we make shit. characters. Mm-hmm. And then at the $5, you get our TV Mastery, which is some really good fucking content. It's what everyone's saying is the best shit we're doing right now, which is, makes me really happy that we're pricing it appropriately. Yeah. We are we are putting the good shit in the good tier, and even yeah. then, our good tier is fucking cheap as shit <laughs> compared to most other people's. But you get that. Also, you get the Afterthought monthly podcast. You get access to a whole bunch of shit on Discord. You get everything your heart could ever desire. Mm-hmm. You get one wish to be used anytime you want, mm-hmm. but beware this what wish you will- wish for, <laughs> for we are cruel and capricious. This wish will not be honored. 
<laughs> That's why we're cruel and capricious because we won't honor wishes. We're genies that just say, nah. You just get to make them. We, yeah. We're willing to entertain your hey, wishes. Hey, you can make three wishes. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to do shit about it, but maybe saying... you can make them. <laughs> but then you have to stop. <laughs> we will not allow you to make any more. <laughs> but yeah, $5 level is the place to be. It comes out to about 10 bucks a month. It is a great deal. And you get so much extra content. We have been in the content business game for, oh gosh, it's our 10-year anniversary this month, isn't it? It is. Oh, Baby, in about Woo. a week from the day this comes out, it will be our 10-year anniversary. Oh my goodness. We have made so much content over the years. We are currently in talks to do our best to streamline accessing the old shit. So if you want to see what we were yeah, doing after start, 10 years, we're finally going to make it easier to access our shit. Well, there's like, you know, it used to be not that bad, but now that there's... We've probably made around 1,100 discrete pieces of content. We've made a lot of content. Guys, this, Yeah, we made content. We made a lot of content. We made a lot of episodes, and it's hard to get to some of the really old ones, but we are currently trying to work out a deal with a company to host our stuff appropriately. No promises yet. We're still in the talks phase, but by God, if we can accomplish it, you're going to... It's even without... We still have like 450 to 700 pieces of easily accessible content that will keep you busy on many a boring commute or office day. Yes, indeed. That's yes, what, indeed. That's what we offer. So by all means, take us up on our offer or go buy our books or just throw money at our houses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Learned honestly, with t-shirt cannon. if you go to systemmasterypodcast.com, there's just a button where you can give us some money. If you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't want to join a monthly thing because I hate the idea of extra content and having fun. So, but I do want to give the money. You could just go there and give us money. Yeah. I just want to float a hypothetical for you here. If every person listening to this content right now mailed us a $2 bill, that'd be weird. That'd be real weird. Especially for the people not in America. Yeah, you'd have to find a $2 bill somewhere. Even the people in America are going to have a hard time with it. Yeah. But it would be real weird. Also, most of you don't have our address, so it would just be real weird and creepy. So yeah, if we hypothetical. Got, if we got that many $2 bills and we never said our address out loud, I'd be like, well, <laughs> I'm terrified and I am moving to another country. <laughs> Luckily, I've got all these $2 bills to pay for it. Ha ha! I'll make Canada my problem. <laughs> or- I guess or I guess it. Canada will be my, or uh, I'll be Canada's, be Canada's problem. problem now. Yes, <laughs> and in a way, you already are. I am already Canada's problem. Mm-hmm. I'm the- Canada's bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> the declaration's been made here. <laughs> Suck on that. Uh, Anyone Ryan- else? Ryan Reynolds is probably currently uh, Canada's bad boy. Ryan Adams? <laughs> no, he's Canada's bad man. <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> He's Canada's bad cat in the hat. Aw. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us. I've been Elan Sleeves Bagano. And I love one of these drinks that makes me bigger and one makes me smaller. <laughs> but the ones that Lando gives you. 